Well, good morning, Sunrise. My name is Greg. I will get the opportunity to share with you this morning. And also, I uh, know that we have a bunch of kids who are excited to go to their uh, classrooms and hear from God's Word in there. And so I want to dismiss uh, the children to Children in Worship. It's an awesome time and awesome ministry uh, as they grow in uh, their knowledge of God's Word. And um, just such a blessing to see how um, that impacts at least my family. You know, I love getting that opportunity when they get out on that drive home to say, what'd you learn? And I have to admit, you know, you usually get, you know, nothing. The teacher didn't teach us anything. You're like, great. All right. Well, I have to talk to them. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but it's always good to use those papers to uh, connect and say, well, what is this picture about? And it, usually if they've colored on it and they've done something about it, usually they want to talk about that a bit more. So, um, it's a great time. Well, I'm going to just lift up a prayer for our time to listen to God's word, and uh, we can jump right in. God, I thank you so much that you have something to say to us this morning. God, thank you that you are shaping us, that you are molding us into a new creation. God, thank you so much that you don't give up on us. God, no matter how many times we mess up on those, those Ten Commandments or in many, many other ways that we, we find to, to mess things up, God, that you're always good and you're always there for us. Help us now to be able to do the impossible, and that's learn something new about you today. God, we can't even do that without you. So God, help us to tune our ears into you, God, that you would speak through me, and that you would speak to each person here. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, I've been loving this series and this whole idea that Pastor Russ has brought for us, this idea of being shaped by these habits, these, these disciplines in a sense, and this idea of a, uh, someone who is, uh, you know, molding glass, that glass blower, that's always fascinated me as a child, uh, and still today when you see someone do it, I'm just blown away by that skill. It seems terrifying, you know, that any of that would touch you and then you're going to have a bad day. Uh, but it wasn't actually until um, this last Sunday we were doing a study. We're talking about what it means, uh, what is, who's God in youth group. Right? And we're kind of covering that whole idea of, of who God is uh, in one Sunday. It was real easy, no big deal. Um, and as we were doing that, uh, we talked about Genesis 1 and 2. And we were talking about how God forms us out of the dust when he made, it, made cre- uh, humanity. And it, it struck me this week that I, I realized that God has always been in the business of shaping us and forming us since the very beginning, since Genesis 2, when it talks about that, to, to today. He has been shaping and molding us in different ways. And I think that's some, there's something so beautiful about that, that, yeah, the, the tools have changed. Yeah, maybe the medium has changed a bit. We've changed a bit. But God has always been doing the same thing. And that is shaping us and molding us into his creation, into his transformation. I think there's something so beautiful about that. Well, today I have the privilege to talk to you guys about the tool of generosity. And uh, a lot of times when we hear that, uh, you know, we kind of think, oh, great. Uh, Maybe the church budget needs to be boosted a little bit. Uh, Maybe things are looking a little scary. That's why we're talking about this. Or you're thinking, oh, why did my friend come this Sunday? (laughs) <laughs> and they finally came, and you know, uh, we're talking about generosity, we're talking about money, we're talking about any of that stuff. And, and I want to just kind of squash all that now, because my hope is not that the budget gets bigger. Uh, my hope is not to hit you in your wallet. In fact, my hope is uh, to be a bit above that, to get above the wallet and to your heart, and understand the why of generosity. 
Why is that important as God's people? To be generous in all ways. We're not talking just financially, but we're talking about with our time, with our talent, and yes, with our treasure. But why is it important for us to be doing all of those things and, and, and letting God shape us uh, through those things? So uh, as we jump into that, we're going to be uh, jumping into 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to be in verses 6 through 15. And we're going to be learning about a, a church that uh, was being called to grow in their generosity. Uh, they, had, they had generosity in their heart, but uh, there were some things that were happening that were making them get a little shaky around that. And so Paul is writing this to the Corinthian church. And uh, this is what that says, starting in uh, verse 6. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things and all times, have all that, that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply the, and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supporting the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions to thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proven yourself, others will praise God for the obedience and accompany, oh, sorry, obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. For your generosity is sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you. Because of, your, because of the surpassing grace God has given you, thanks to be to God for his incredible or indescribable gifts. So a little bit of background of what's happening here. The Corinthian church uh, is being called. This is their second letter that they've been given by Paul and um, they are called to give a gift to Jerusalem. See, what was happening in Jerusalem at this time is there was a famine, and the church was struck by this, just like everyone else in Jerusalem, and it was hard times. And so Paul and uh, some of the other churches uh, that were out there were deciding that they were going to take a, a, uh, a kind of a, a, some money, basically, and then send that to Jerusalem to support them, to aid them in their need, and to care for them. And at first, the Corinthian church, we find out in the first two verses of this chapter, chapter 9, that they were the most eager people. They were some of the first that said, hey, we want to support, we want to help. They, you know, Jerusalem sent you guys to us and have blessed our lives. And so we want to help them and their need and care for them. And so they were eager at first to give back to Jerusalem and, and care for them. Uh, and Paul is encouraging them to continue in that, to, to still uh, follow that generous heart that they had. But see, something had been going wrong. Uh, the, since that first eagerness had happened, there have been other leaders who came after Paul and have been uh, talking and sharing with them. And they were, they were um, 
they were kind of like apostles. They were still sharing the good news, but they kind of had some other intentions behind themselves. And they were uh, really boasting about how, uh, you know, God wants the riches and, you know, all this stuff, this great life for you now and, you know, have your best life now kind of stuff and really kind of boasting themselves up about how great they were. In fact, uh, Paul uh, talks about them in uh, chapter 11, verse 5, where he calls them super apostles. Um, I don't know if that's what they called themselves or if that's Paul poking fun a little bit of what they would have qualified themselves as. Um, And then he goes in and he starts to kind of compare their resume with his resume. And uh, it's interesting that these super apostles, as Paul calls them, we're really highlighting this Corinthian dream, this dream life, kind of like our American dream life, right? Uh, they had their Corinthian dream life where you could have it all. You could, you could be rich, and, and these, these speakers, they were great speakers. They really, like, energized the room. They dressed nice, you know. All, they, they checked all the boxes, right, for a successful, large temple or church or whatever. Uh, and so they, they really were those kind of charismatic, like, great kind of uh, people. And so Paul is calling them out and saying, you know, that's, that's not really what we're called to be like as Christians. And then he points back to Jesus and he says, let's look at our Lord and Savior, the one who actually did the rescuing, and let's, let's see what his life was like. And he, sa- he talks about that in chapter, nine, uh, verse, uh, not, or chapter 8, verse 9 uh, in 2 Corinthians, where he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus uh, that, through, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. He said, listen, Jesus, Jesus is God. He came down from heaven, from the, uh, the riches. From, I mean, so rich. I mean, uh, the later is described about their, the streets are paved with gold. You know, they're just like the, this place of ultimate richness, ultimate glory, ultimate closeness with God. No pain, no suffering, no tears. He came from that place down to us in the form of a child. He humbled himself. He lived a, a perfect life, but a perfect life didn't mean an easy life. He had struggles. He had rulers constantly from his birth trying to kill him, trying to destroy him, trying to stop him. Then he starts his ministry, and he has all the other religious leaders trying to shut him down, trying to stop him, trying to kill him at times. And, and, and he's constantly still growing. And, and then when he gets to some of the peak moments of, of his ministry career, he gives it all up. Because he had something ultimate in mind. He knew that he had to die on the cross for us. And he does so willingly, not because someone could take his life from him, but he was willing to give up his life. He did so. And so that's who Jesus is. He was not all about the glory for himself because he knew where his real glory was. It was in heaven. It was in the kingdom of God. And so he's, Paul is understanding that this gift to the Jerusalem church is going to be a tool that God can use to help shape the Corinthian church, to shape their hearts, to be more like Christ, that they would be generous just as Jesus was generous with his life. 
And so that's what we see in verse 6 where we can jump right back in where it says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Uh, I think it's important for us to to look at that. It reminded me as I read it that this thing I I do with the youth, when we go to camp or even at the start of the year, uh, I always kind of have this saying, and uh, you can look at Jacob over there because he's going to laugh because he's heard about a hundred times. He's been with me everywhere. Um, but I always talk to them about the fact that, hey, this week at camp, this, this experience, it can be a fun time. We're going to have fun. We're going to hang out. We're going to eat junk food. We're going to do all the things, right? We're going to have a great time. And that's all this could be. That's all it could be for you. Or it could be so much more. It could be a moment that your, grow, your faith grows in some dramatic ways. It could be a moment where uh, some walls that you've put up are coming down. This could be a time where your, your relationship with God grows to new levels. It can be times where you finally let go of a sin pattern that you've had in your life. It, it, whatever it is, this can be that moment for you if you're willing to be vulnerable with God and each other, if you're willing to take this serious, if you're willing to dive in. You get what you put into it. And, and that's kind of what I see Paul saying here. Is listen, with these spiritual disciplines, when these things that we're talking about, you get what you put in, in a sense. I mean, you could hear uh, a hundred different uh, messages about serving, about worship, about giving, about any of these things, and there will be minimal growth in your life. It's not until you actually start to put these things into practice that you'll start to see some more fruit. And I got to tell you, the fruit is abundant it's not really truly what you get what you put into it. It's you get, you give, and then abundance comes back to you and it blows you away. That's kind of how the kingdom of God, he's not addition, he's multiplying uh, his blessings for us. And so uh, to continue on, it says in verse 7 and 8, it says, Each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart, uh, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I think something we can really focus on here is that intentionality of generosity. You know, I think sometimes we, can think, we want to be moved by our feelings, that we want to be moved by like a moment. You know, if you go to any good banquet for any kind of, you know, fundraiser type of thing, they have a moment, right? You're sitting there, they play the movie, the show, you have the testimony, your heart's starting to thump a little bit, maybe tears get in your eye, and, and then they, they do the plea. And now we need your help. And you're like, ah, oh, take it all, right? I, I don't care. I'll write the check right now. But that's actually not what we're called to do. We're called to look at the situation, to, to look at the budget, and to say, God, how much do you want me to give here? What, decide in your heart now, and then you can do so gratefully. You don't walk away from one of those things and, and just say, man, I, we don't have rent. Uh, I gave it all away. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to feed my family. No, no, that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to look at our things and say, you know, I have time to serve here, so I will serve there. I won't say yes to every way I can serve. Instead, I'll, I'll find those ways that I can fit that into my schedule and, and make an intentional effort here to grow in these ways. But I'm not just going to say yes to everything and then be burnt out in a couple months. Instead, I'll, I'll, I'll be generous with my time and my talents in some very calculated ways 
So there's intentionality when it comes to our, our giving of generosity. It continues on in verse 10 through 11. says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed uh, that will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, or, and through us your generosity results in thanksgiving to God. Something to be paying attention to there is who empowers you to give. It's God. God's the one that gives you the ability to do anything. As I prayed earlier, uh, honestly, there's people who read this and don't understand the truth of the gospel because God has not given them that ability to, to open their eyes and to, to read it and to understand. And then there's some people who read this thing and their, their lives are changed automatically through God's word. You can't, we can't even learn about God without God. That's how desperately we need him. And in that same way, we cannot give and be generous without God empowering us to do so. And so it's not us feeling self-righteous when we write a check for something or when we serve in one place or when we uh, give of our talents or our time or any of those things. We, it's not that we puff ourselves up because we understand that it is God who is empowering us to do, to give, to be generous in our lives. It's all to the glory of God. But I do want to stop here for a moment because there's this idea sometimes of this false doctrine that uh, can get into this whole conversation. We can start to think that if we give uh, a lot of money or if we do a lot of things for God, that that will move his hand. If I just give enough, then God will definitely come through on my miracle. If, he, if I just serve enough, if I just pray enough, if I, just, if I do all these things, then God will give me my miracle. God is not interested in your bank account. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need you to, to write that. He's not, you know, kind of holding his miracles hostage from you until you, you write that extra zero behind that a dollar amount. God's not interested in that. He is there for us, and he'll use money as a tool to shape us, but he doesn't need our money. That's not the idea, is if we just give enough, then God will be blessing our life. It's this idea that sometimes uh, builds a lot of fancy churches, but ends up with a lot of hurt people. So I hope you understand that. Don't give to try to move God's hand. Understand that God's hand's already moving, and that's why we give. Verse 12 and 13 says, This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proven yourself, and others will praise God for the, your obedience that is, uh, accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ, and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. God is calling us to be a generous people. But that is not limited to just our money. That's, again, that's not what this conversation is just about. It's part of it. But sometimes we can think, oh, well, I just will give and then I won't grow in any other way. God wants us to be a generous people in all different parts of our life. Uh, let's just go down the list of our time. You know, time is such a precious thing. So many of us, uh, there's, 
don't always value how much value is in time. Uh, when we give an hour of our time, it can change people's lives. I, I think half of my ministry as a youth leader is just being present for people. Just being there with the kids, just being available to them. Uh, you know, I, I think that's half of the time the lives are changed. I would love to say, like, oh, it's because I'm an amazing teacher, and that obviously is what changes their lives. And I share all this knowledge from the Bible, and that's what alters their life. Uh, honestly, half the time it's just showing up and being there with them and connecting with them and loving on them. And that's the, that's the ministry of, for the youth is just giving them our time and our attention and I can't tell you how many times lives are changed simply because you show up. You know, each of us, when we give of our time, share a massive blessing. You are a blessing. Your presence here today is a blessing, not only to me, but also to each other, also to, to the kids, to, to, the, to the community. Your presence here today is a blessing. Your presence here on Wednesday nights to the men's group, to the women's group, to shine, to, to transform. Your, their presence is a blessing to that group. To Sunday nights when you come, the, 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 when you're sitting in that seat, you're not just receiving information, you're also sharing a blessing with other people because of your time that you're giving there. This idea of tr talents. God can use your talents in many mighty ways. And sometimes we think of that's just the worship team up here or just what I'm doing, getting to share, or just those sp certain spots. That's all that talents are. But there's so many different ways that you could serve. And you'll see that right outside these doors is, is these uh, abilities to serve and share your talents. If you're a people person, you're extremely talented. Right? Uh, I, I'm an introvert. By my natural tendencies is just to be more reserved and hang back. And so uh, those aren't my natural talents. So I always see like, people who are just walking around and shaking hands and just super friendly and intentional. And I'm just like, I love that. I love that you exist. You know? <laughs> I love that you have that ability. For those of you who have the, the, the talent to, to have hospitality in your home and you bring people over and you, you love on them, you share a meal together, those are gifts that we can share in our community that we can connect with one another and bless one another with. Again, that's another place I'm weak. I, I'm terrible. I, I, it's not that I don't like having people over. It's just both my wife and I are both introverts and um, we just sometimes forget that we miss people. Uh, <laughs> I think only introverts truly understand that. Extroverts, like, I don't understand, right? But uh, sometimes we just forget, and so we have to be intentional to grow there. And some of you guys have that uh, in abundance, and it's an amazing gift. And I think that can really be a key thing that uh, Sunrise could really use and grow with is having that gift of hospitality come back to our church. Because uh, after last year, I think we lost a lot of it. Uh, we've had a lot of fear, a lot of reasons to distance from one another. I think it's time to start getting back together and connecting and growing and inviting each other over to each other's houses uh, to just enjoy each, other's, or enjoy each other's company and God's company as well. And the last thing is treasures that we need to give uh, with joy. And this understanding that it's, we don't just give because, oh, the church needs the lights to be on. I mean, yeah, there are those, those things, obviously. But it's important to think of the church not as this corporation or this organization that you're giving to, but as the family of God. It is us. It's like uh, the family budget. I, I don't necessarily look at Sheryl and be like, oh, you need to pay Edison? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I don't even write checks. I don't know if I have any. But um, 
I don't, we don't throw a big fit about it because it's just the family's budget. It's just that that's what we do. And that's, that's how we should think about the church's budget. It's not the organization. It's just our family budget. And to, 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 to have joy when we give to that because, because when we give, that allows the kids to have snacks. It allows us to do these cool things. It also allows us to, to do some amazing things in the future. We, we can think about uh, the, our treasures and we can also think about how we can use those in new ways. Uh, when we give, we don't necessarily just have to increase. Like as you give, you don't just have to give that 10% uh, um, to, the, to the offering on Sunday. You can think of what are some new fresh ways that I can give? What are some ways that I can have, find joy in my giving, that intentionality with my giving? And so maybe that's giving to certain items. You know, we have this uh, facelift coming up here. And the whole idea of uh, giving our building a facelift is to go back to that idea of hospitality. You know, if we look at this church, it's a great church, it's a great building. But also, if you've been here a little while, you might look at the floor and think, is my kid okay to step on this thing? As someone that has one that crawls still, I worry sometimes when I put them down. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll just hold you. That's okay. As part of the reason why we want to uh, rip up the carpet and get new carpet, put new paint up and get new lights. Uh, It's not because we want to have a fancy, flashy building. It's just simply we want to make this place a place where we're happy to bring our friends and our family, that we're a blessing to the community, and we can maybe do some more things uh, based upon uh, being that, that, having that availability. Just like kind of like when we invite people over to our house, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It's always that mad dash to clean everything, but then you got a nice place afterwards. And if you didn't mess it up too bad. It's that same idea that we want to do here, is to, to get this place at a place where we can share that blessing with our community and with each other. The last two verses says this, And in our prayers for you, uh, their hearts will go out to, uh, to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gifts. You know, with each of these things, the time, the talent, the treasure, God multiplies it. You give an hour and you will realize that you just feel so much more energized and blessed because you gave that hour. Uh, you, you share of your talents and your talents grow and you, you just feel energized and blessed because you gave in that way. When you give of your, 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 your treasures as well, you'll start to notice that you don't even miss it. It just becomes a natural habit, and that sounds crazy if you're right now, you're, you're giving one or two percent, and you're like, I don't know, or you're maybe not giving anything, and, and you're like, I don't know if we can even fit that in the budget. Well, just, you'll, you'll be surprised. I can honestly say this as someone who's had this been a part of his practice for a while. You'll be surprised how much it just feels natural, how much you don't miss it, how much other things just kind of flow in. Somehow you find the deal. Sometimes you get the blessing from a different spot. Sometimes you just grow in wisdom and can manage yourself differently. When we do these things, God will multiply in ways that we don't even think of it. And so I, I want to end with this. That we would be able to be a people of generosity. That we'd be known as a people of generosity. And I think God can use that in some very, very mighty ways. And as he does so, as we give in any of those areas, that we would be open and and understanding that God is shaping our hearts. And that's the why behind our generosity. It's not that we need those things. It's because you need to be a part of those things. 
that God can shave off, he can mold your heart in new and fresh ways. And so there's also going to be uh, these handouts. They'll be on the tables on the outside uh, around the serving tables that you can check out new ministries and also grab one of those as you kind of find how God wants to maybe grow you and use you in some new ways uh, this next couple weeks or however long. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for who you are, God, that you never stop changing us, God, that you never stop uh, growing us, you never stop molding us, God, and I just pray right now that you would help us as we uh, jump into this time of the ministry fair, that you would help us to think through how we can give in different ways. God, maybe there's a ministry that you're calling us to give specifically to, like the worship team or the church planning team or, or something like that, and you want us to grow in our giving in that sense. Or maybe you're calling us to join a team and give of our time and our talent, and, and you, you're calling us to do that. God, I pray that you would help us to just jump right in and grow in those ways. God, I thank you that you multiply your blessings in our life, God, that it's not just simply a, I give you a dollar, you give me it back, but we give you a dollar and you give us so much more back. And even if you never blessed us again, God, that the fact that you died on the cross for us is blessing enough for us to do anything that you've called us to do. We are humbled by your generosity, God, and, and help us to grow so that we can be more like you, Jesus. It's your name we pray. Amen. I want to send you guys out with this blessing from Ephesians 3, verse 20, that says, Now to him who uh, is able to do immeasurably more than all we have asked and imagined, according to his power that is at work within us. Go and share his power and his love throughout the world. Thank you. <laughs>